VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast after the dust settles on the old brass platoon game. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. We're here to break down Indiana's heartbreaking, frustrating 24-21 loss to a dismal Michigan State team um, that IU dominated in almost every statistical category. Not dominated, but led in almost every statistical category, had a late lead with four minutes to go um, and coughed it up uh, thanks to a a number of factors. Uh, We'll get into that game. We'll look ahead to the old Oak and Bucket game next weekend, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the future of IU football may look like at the end of the season. So, Alex, um, you know, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed uh, the the nice fall weather uh, today. Um, but, you know, what was your takeaways from, from yesterday's loss? Yeah, if you did like the blind box score thing where you said you put all the stats out there and said besides the score, did Team A or Team B win? You probably would have said Indiana's team, again, hiding the team names and stuff. Uh, IU side of the box score, you think you you win that game. So that's what I keep saying. It's, and it's really, really hard in college football because you don't get that many games. It's really hard to not be week to week, but I said it after the, after the Wisconsin game, the trajectory is clear and the same things that keep popping up over and over and over happened again. And the officials were bad. I don't think there's any way to to get that really bad, but at the same time, we had plenty of chances to win the game. We should have won the game, and they didn't. Um, didn't turn the ball over. We got two interceptions. Fumbled one back. Lost the game. Yeah, he fumbled one back. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty frustrating. Um, for me, I, I keep going back. The secondary looked pretty lost at times. Um Dunham started the game and then Sanguinetti finished the game. So that was one change they made. It looked like didn't see Dunham, as much of Jordan. Dunham Schoen. got benched. Yeah. Uh, Dunham got benched after uh, I think it was Michigan State's second touchdown. Yeah. Where the guy's running towards the end zone. He kind of has him wrapped up and he's just trying to yank the ball out and let him score instead of, you know, maybe tackling him and holding them to a field goal. And, and things like that but it is it is the same mistakes over and over again and yeah look the officials were terrible and it, it's not just the calls at the end of the game there's the two measurements where the the ball is clearly a yard a yard and a half short of the sticks on on back-to-back plays and you bring out the sticks you have um you know a referee at the end of the half when michigan state time calls timeout uh, and he's standing on their sideline points to iu uh, you have the targeting that the replay review overturned, but look, and, and people's opinions differ that he went in with his, you know, hit him with his shoulder pad and helmets are going to collide. But, you know, we, we've seen less get called for targeting at Memorial stadium. 
Um, you also had the the hold on, and I sent you, um, you know, the 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 video of it, Alex. The hold on the touchdown to give Michigan State the lead clearly probably gets called for a horse collar if it's an offensive guy um, with the ball doesn't get called. It's a touchdown. Donovan McCulley gets held the entire way down the field. Um, ball goes off his hands at the goal line. No pass interference. The explanation that the defensive back did not impede the forward progress of McCulley is terrible, too. And the intentional grounding, I, I go back and forth. I've seen this called intentional grounding before, but by the letter of the law, it shouldn't have been. Um, guy cuts off his route, ball goes over his head, no pressure on the quarterback, really should not have been intentional grounding. But at that point, you have a 42-yard field goal set up. Um, and look, I, I know people have been killing Tom Allen about being aggressive. Well, he was aggressive and paid for it, yeah. uh, and, and that's what happens. But, you know, it, it was just Indiana came out, with no fire uh they let Malik Carr absolutely school them dominate them like he was rebounding the ball on the hard court um you know the the Hoosier basketball team probably could have used him today in the middle boxing out guys uh and, and then you know you had Linnell Carr get an early penalty he pushes Allen away on the sideline you have Dunham get benched he pushes away coaches on the sideline you could see the wheels falling off and it just a slow start offensively and it just didn't look like Indiana was all in and I get it was a light crowd students are off campus and all that stuff on it maybe it was just too perfect of a day uh, or not enough of a breeze uh, for fans to be there but it's understandable three and seven now sitting at three and eight Um, but yeah there's a lot of you know, the writings on the wall for the, for this program. Yeah. Tough, tough game overall defense. I thought after the first drive was okay until the last drive run defense was really good. You held Michigan state to under 75 yards. I think they had like 72 or 71 or something like that really settled in after the first drive on, on run defense, at least. But yeah, that was a quarterback that I think just, not very good, and he was 26 of 41, 245 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Um, the one pick was an arm punt. Uh, Sharp had a good one on that one. Uh, their one-handed catch touchdown, probably. You had JoJo Johnson and Dunham there. Neither one of them could make a play. Uh, and then he spins, scores a touchdown. So a lot of frustrating things. The thing I did like, though, is after the second drive, Soresby looked really good again. He settled in, looked confident. Rod Carey made a good adjustment, getting him more involved in the in the ground game, which then opened up a lot of those RPOs. He repeated actions that worked in the red zone. So the threat of running the ball, especially with a bigger back like Holland, like we've been screaming about all season. Holland in the game, he had a jumbo set with Josh Sales as a sixth offensive lineman, then two tight ends. Play action, boom, two touchdowns off of that. So... That was nice to see. Uh, Soresby played pretty well. He had one throw that probably should have been picked off, but other than that, just you know, a few high ones on the first couple drives that I'm sure he would like back, and I'm sure they've already watched. But other than the one throw, I think he was rolling to his right and kind of forced it. 
pretty clean game from him, which is good. Um, the one that killed me was touchdown and then a three and out. And then the first play Carpenter snaps it over his head that killed that drive again, allergic to momentum kinds, kinds, you know, seems to be the, the story of the team and the program yeah. right now. The Carpenter snaps over his head. Uh, you know, then you get called for the sack down at the half yard line and, and give James Evans credit. He had yeah. a 58 yard punt. Yeah. Sharp made it. a really nice play as a gunner there. Yep. But yeah, so that, that was good, but yeah, a lot to like Trent Holland is, is good. I think at this point he's established himself as a, a good player in the conference. So that's been good to see love that we started him at linebacker and it took two and a half seasons to figure it out, but at least they figured it out. So good game for him. That was nice to see. I think EJ Williams, Sammy was the one that was going down the field at the end, probably drew a flag there just like he did against Illinois a couple times. Oh, he had yeah. a nice game. Uh, Macaulay, it seemed like he got banged up. The broadcast kept talking about it. Um, but he had some yeah, nice catches. I think he turned know. his, he turned an ankle on a tackle. Yeah. Um, but again, he wasn't involved in the past game in the first half. Really, they took it away. Uh, you know, Jalen Lucas probably should have returned the kick for a touchdown. He gets yep. tripped up on a shoelace tackle. Yep. And he that was, was that was uninvolved. his only touch of the game. That was his only yep. touch. Well, they tried to target him. The two passes got knocked down at the line. And then there was one early in the game where they had him up the seam and Soresby overthrew it or threw it behind him and stuff like that. But this whole Jalen Lucas is a decoy offense Hey, it's been better than the Jalen Lucas option to the outside or the Jalen Lucas screen. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Lucas. I don't think he's has any confidence at all. Uh, as we've mentioned on the show a number of times, Alex, he's not making guys miss. He's not going north and south. You know, he dances around and then heads to the sideline. Uh, you thought he kind of turned it around against Illinois with a big kickoff return. Um, but you know, he's he's had a disappointing year where you thought that Indiana could build the offense around him. Uh, obviously, it didn't work. Uh, and, you know, they now it's multiple games where he's under, you know, five touches or 10 to, out, on offense. Um, and, and it's just, man, just, you know. Yeah, frustrating. After we saw all the flashes last year, we were extremely worried about him leaving and but yeah, I mean the production has not been there since really the the Louisville game. So, um, kind of a bummer. I don't know if he's hurt, but we'll see um, what happens in the bucket game. If you remember, he had the the really long touchdown last year on the first drive against Purdue. So, see what happens on Saturday. Uh, defensively to close it out, um, Phil Bleedy had a nice game in the middle. Sanguinetti gets a pick. The ball just seems to find him. Casey is a solid game. I think Michigan state did a pretty good job, but when IU needed a play and needed a stop, it seemed like Casey was there. I think he had two, two tackles for loss on two key third downs there. So, um, you know, great, great career for him. He's got one more game obviously, but, uh, you know, solid game for him to go out of Memorial stadium. So really happy for him. Lewis Moore had a really nice game too. Um, talked about even last year but when we initially got him out of a juco thought he was more of a depth piece but he's really really developed in the last two seasons and become an awesome player so that was good to see he had uh, nine tackles on saturday 
Um, Anthony Jones, I thought, has had a really strong second half of the season. He had a, a decent game. No real stats, but I think he had a couple QB hurries. Um, got got pressure a couple times and forced some bad throws. But the big one for me, and I've been saying it, I think this is the first time I've said it probably on the podcast, but Andre Carter, I don't think, has had a sack in, uh, what would you say, that Akron game? Akron game was his last sack. And they, so, yeah, yeah, he. And I know he draws a lot of attention and he's making plays in the run game, but we were really excited for him. And I think he has two sacks this season. Yep. One against um, Indiana State, one against Akron. Yeah. Um, he was not credited with the sack yesterday. It was, as you said, a quarterback designed draw. So they counted it as a run. Um, he had two tackles for loss. I mean, he was more impactful yesterday than he has been. Uh, most of the season and you know it's frustrating when he, he gets held a lot too um, and it goes uncalled but they're not going to call holding on every play on Andre Carter uh, and he's just you, you got to break loose you got to break loose of those things um, and, and develop more moves and things like that um, he has had a handful of impactful plays but they've been he has not lived up to the expectations, in my opinion, that they've had, you know, we all had for him coming in from, from Western Michigan. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, just want the production to be there, but we'll see. He's had a, a good season, but I don't think probably the season um, maybe we all predicted, but that, that comes a lot of times with a jump like that, um, especially up front, but yeah, a lot to like. I think Soresby's a good player. I think at this point we've established that. I liked not that you want to start off that poorly, but I do think at this point in the season it was kind of good for him to go through that and like nothing was going well at all. Those first two or three drives. Yeah, um, he said post game that his footwork was off. He was dropping his elbow and Carrie corrected it from the box, which is is good to see. You know, that means yep. there's there's some growth. Uh, and he looked pretty solid, you know, down down the stretch. IU ran the ball very well, too, including yep. Soresby, who had – Over 200 like, yards, yeah. Yeah, Soresby had 99 non-sack yards um, rushing as well. And I think going forward, uh, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit after we talk about the bucket game, Going, there are some pieces here that you could build around. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know you have to deal with the portal and – and things like that. But, you know, there are some things, if you get some pieces in place, that if they stick around, you know, now you have an established quarterback who's played most of the season, who could go through the spring ball as QB1 um, and just develop, which IU really hasn't had since, heck, it was before Penix, because Penix hadn't gone through spring ball either. Yeah. and stuff like that. So let's get to the bucket game. I know Indiana's season has been a disappointing three and eight, uh, one and seven in the Big Ten, but it is Purdue. Purdue sitting there, uh, I believe, at the same record. Um, you know, coming off a loss at Northwestern, who is bowling, um, shockingly, after all the offseason stuff uh, w- with them. But you know, the bucket game still matters. This is a chance, you know, whatever your opinion is on Allen, uh, whether he stays or goes, 
this is a chance to either start 2024 with some momentum or start, uh, you know, a new coaching regime with some momentum while also stealing momentum from your biggest rival uh, who is also trying to rebuild after Jeff Brown leaves for Louisville um, with Ryan Walters and you recruit against them and you compare yourself to them in, in every matter. So it is a big game and it might be the toilet bowl or whatever sickos committee game uh, that it is, but um, you know, it's, it's an important game, whether Tom Allen is here or, or not next year. Yeah. I always want to win. I have uh, my bucket sitting over there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, oh, screw them, you know, don't want to lose to them ever really. Um, yeah, it's going to be a football game between two bad teams, but Oh, you know, always want to win and four and eight looks a lot better than three and nine. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's pretty much all I have to say. We'll see if Hudson card can go. He didn't play, uh, last week, Purdue kind of shuffled between their second and third stringers and they both looked pretty, pretty bad, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, it's honestly another chance for Soresby to, to get snaps in a game. Uh, I liked mixing in some of the younger guys on defense. I would, I would like to see more of that. Um, and then who knows, uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know how many of our freshmen have played three games. I don't think any of them really, um, I think they've either played more than three or, or more than four at this point, um, or haven't played at all. So could be a good chance to get some guys in there and not risk burning red shirts, but yeah, it's all about momentum. I think. Either way, regardless of the result on Saturday, you're going to need a lot to kind of gather momentum, whether that's a coaching change, whether that's press conferences, whether that's uh, super aggressive NIL money to to get active in the portal. Either way, you're going to kind of need to generate momentum some, some way else. But yeah, I mean, if you can beat a first-year head coach for Purdue – with a really bad IU team, I think that that feels good. Makes them feel pretty bad, maybe about their direction. But yeah, I will see. Always interesting storylines, and I'm sure the guys will play hard. There's a lot of in-state players on both teams, but yeah, for me, it's it's all about Soresby at this point. Hope he plays well, um, keeps the momentum going, and keeps growing, which I think he has each week, which is great. Yeah, and talking to another guy I'd like to see is uh, uh, Nicholas Radicic. You know, um, Chris Freeman had been pretty good all year. He's missed four out of his last eight field goals uh, over the last couple games, and he went through senior day um, senior day festivities yesterday, so you could bet he's gone um, and off to, to other things. But to, to get Radicic – uh, some bad weather kicks, uh, or maybe bad weather. Who knows? It's West Lafayette, but it, it could be bad weather in a rivalry game. Uh, it, I think is important. Uh, Brandon Soresby, get him involved in the in the rivalry game as well. And then you know you're you're looking at Mari Farrell has played in ten games. Um, and you know you, you're looking at. Yeah, there's not a lot of guys sitting at that three-game redshirt, you know, the, the that three-game redshirt um, limit uh, or four-game redshirt limit right now. So, you know, you, you could go and, and play these guys 
And, you know, what are you saving a red shirt for anyway, if you're Tom Allen, because, you know, whether it's this year, next year, you're not long for, for IU. It's just that that's the writing on the wall is that you're, you're coming off of seasons with two wins, four wins, and now you're sitting at three wins with the max number of four wins with no momentum. Um, you've changed coordinators on both sides of the ball. You've changed coaching staffs on both sides of the ball. And, you know, the, the last change to be made is, is the head coach. So we'll see what happens there, but it's a, a good opportunity for IU. You take the bucket, you slow down whatever momentum or foundation that Purdue's trying to build. Um, and you go into the off season with a little bit of positivity. Um, but we'll see. And, and, you know, whatever happens after the bucket game, we'll be here to talk about it, break it down. I know the, the portal opens December 4th, so that'll be something to watch as well. You have early signing day, I believe is December 20th. That's something to watch as well. And so, you know, we'll see. Any final thoughts on Allen, the program, the bucket game? Uh, bucket game first. They They clowned you last year in your building, so... Hopefully they remember that. I would be surprised if they don't really care. Um, but yeah, I mean, Purdue absolutely clowned you uh, in Memorial Stadium last year. So hoping they at least remember that. Um, yeah, just a season full of missed opportunities, it feels like. But that's kind of the way it's gone. Louisville's playing in the ACC championship game. You had a good shot to beat them. Penn State will end up probably 10 and 2. You had a, a really good shot to beat them. Illinois State or Illinois let their game against Iowa get away, but the if they win, they'll go bowling. Uh let that one get away. So season full of missed chances. That's that's the way it's been going. Um, and like I've been saying for the last four weeks now, and that's why it's important to look at the bigger picture and not week to week. Um, which is unfortunate. I think a lot of schools will have openings as they always do. So I use challenge will be if they make a move there, how do you entice somebody to take your job over a Duke or a, a UCLA or a Syracuse or something like that, um, which is always the challenge. But if heading into an 18 team league, I, I think if you run it back next year, you will be 18th in the new league. Um and yeah, I think we always talk about it, but the damage of of running it back, heading into kind of a new era. When you get worse. eight, you get eight home games next year, which yeah, is a rarity I, that has not I, happened I in a long time. The damage of running it back with no momentum or support probably hurts you worse financially in the next two to three years than it does just ripping the bandaid off right now. Yep. Obviously, above my pay grade, and and there are people I'm sure looking at a lot of different options, but it's it's time you gotta you gotta do something whether it's keeping him and investing more in assistance to draw attractive resistance or pumping a ton of money behind Allen to try to give him one last chance with a, a huge transfer class you got to try something um but the name of the game as it's always been in the history of college football is money so you gotta you gotta literally put your money where your mouth is but We'll see what happens. There's there's a lot of good, interesting candidates, as there are every year. You see teams make moves and have success right away, especially in the new era of the portal. It's it's common to get back on track quickly with 
with scheme and coaching changes. So uh, the competition's not getting worse. The facilities aren't getting worse and the, the eyes on the program aren't going away. So you gotta, gotta kind of make a decision here. Yeah. And you, you look at the crowd yesterday and if you do decide to, to keep Allen, you'd hope that Dolson comes out and takes questions from the media. He has not spoken about the football program publicly um, since before the 2022 season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if he comes out that they're keeping Allen and he puts out a press release, it's you're you're missing your opportunity of of eight home games. And now I don't think either way you're going to get 52,000 for all those games, but I was listening to the post game call show yesterday, Alex and Ken Bikoff did the, the math for us. Uh, one sellout at Memorial stadium is worth three sellouts at assembly hall. And you've got eight of them and that's almost an entire basketball season home and away games of, of revenue. Um, you know, in terms of parking, concessions, ticket sales, all that stuff that could pump some life into the program. So you got to look at the big picture and and things like that. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I'm to the point where if I was the AD, my decision has been made uh, and it, it's not going to take, you know, a loss to Purdue or the loss last week to Michigan State um, to make that decision. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks up until that that portal opening, um, you know, this week, next week, up up to December 4th. So, you know, there's no offseason for college football anymore. No. So, all right, that uh, that does it for this uh, after the dust settles on Indiana's 24-21 loss to Michigan State in the old brass platoon game, uh, Michigan State takes the brass platoon back up to East Lansing. IU has one more trophy game Saturday up in West Lafayette at noon, a BTN kick uh, as well for the old Oak and Bucket. It means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and it's a chance for whatever happens with this program uh, to start 2024 off, uh, you know, with a win, with a bucket and, um, and a little bit of, of momentum, but we'll see you keep coming back to Hoosier We'll have all the news when it comes out uh, and so forth. Alex, have a happy Thanksgiving all to all our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's sad that football season's almost over. Uh, I know it's been frustrating and disappointing, but it is college football season is my favorite season of the year. And uh you know, th there's a lot to go on. We will do the bowl mania thing again this year, and I'll announce winners of our Pick'em League. It's coming down to the wire. Last week we had two people tied in first. Um, we'll announce winners after uh, the bucket game or the Sunday after the bucket game next week. So uh, for Alex Compton, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. 
Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.